0: I think something that really helped me and I get the sense it's what companies are looking more and more for is not necessarily what you did but also how you did it. So what is the story behind that? Welcome to Design Life, a podcast about design and side projects for motivated creators. I'm Femke and I'm Charlie and
1: In today's episode, Femke is going to tell us a story. Um, (laughs) She's going to tell us about her recent job hunt and interview process and everything that went down there. This is obviously something that when you're in the middle of, it's hard to speak about it. You don't want to be super public about how it's all going because you want to see how things shake out in the end. But um, if you listened to what episode number was it? Episode number 266. You will have heard that Femme quit her job at simple, She's going somewhere new, and we're going to talk about where that is in this episode and her process for getting there. So uh, I think it's going to be exciting to hear from a real world, like what the interviewing process has been like at the moment in this economy, in this climate, (laughs) uh, from your experience. But... First of him aside from you know changing jobs mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. what have you been up to recently <laughs> Yeah
0: well I am on a little sabbatical right now between jobs so I spent the last week in Mexico City which was really fun I've been there before this was honestly I've lost count I think this might have been my 4th Time, potentially fifth time in Mexico City. I used to do a lot of travel there for work. We did a lot of research trips there when I was at Uber. So I'd been there before a few times. And because I'm on a sabbatical, my mom's currently visiting me here in Canada. We were like, let's go on an adventure. Let's go somewhere and do something. And she'd never been to Mexico before. And so we decided to go there. And it was. Really nice. It was a quick trip, just like four or five days, uh, eating lots of good food. Also managed to like pull together a little design meetup and I saw a picture. That looked so fun. Yeah, it was so sweet. I think there was like ten of us total. So folks came out and we had drinks together and it was so nice to get to meet people and uh you know, some of them they listened to this podcast. So shout out to them. Thank you so much for coming and for listening to the show. Uh so yeah, that was super, super awesome. I had a great time. Have we ever done
1: a design life meetup together?
0: No, 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 I don't think so. I feel like it's due at some point.
1: Yeah, at some, wait, didn't we do one in Copenhagen for some reason that, is coming to mind just like maybe that was a design live meetup maybe it was just us hanging out with people we met at a conference but either way it needs to
0: happen i feel like meetups <laughs> in general are like so overdue i i also have had yeah. a few folks in my like design community ask me <laughs> if i'm gonna organize any kind of meetup and i'm like <gasps> That would be cool, but like we're all living so over the world, I don't, I don't know how, but maybe in the future, like one year, everyone just decides to go to like config or something, like the Figma mm. conference. And then we yep, just yep, like yep. use that opportunity to like organize some meetups on the side. I don't know, it, it feels overdue. Yep, I like that
1: idea a lot. <laughs> uh and I'm glad you got to go to Mexico for like a vacation trip instead
0: of a work yes, trip for once. Very different. Um, how about you, how are you going?
1: I have been, um, maybe listeners can hear it a little bit in my voice, I've been recovering from a cold recently, so yep, a lot of time spent coughing and feeling a little sorry for myself. It really hit me hard. I don't know how I managed to get a cold living in Spain where it's still nice and warm, <laughs> but hey.
0: It happens. Aside
1: from that, I've just been like really focusing on continuing to get Inside Marketing Design episodes out on time. Um, yeah, the series is my main focus at the moment on the side for while it's running, and things are going pretty smoothly so far. So fingers crossed that that it continues. I think by the time this episode goes out, we might have like at least four episodes of that So Oh, nice.
0: Are you releasing one a week?
1: One a week, every Wednesday, for like three months of the year. So it'll be going until um, early December, I think.
0: Wow, so, so cool. Are you already thinking about like, things because you've wrapped up the recordings and stuff I assume. Mm-hmm. Are you already thinking about like next year, like things you want to do differently or like has it given you any ideas or inspiration?
1: Yeah, definitely, but I also feel like this year is the closest that I've gotten to it being like okay, things are working pretty well. <laughs> um I definitely want to figure out a way that I can um maybe this sounds bad, but like profit from it more. Yeah. <laughs> next yeah, year? it's a a lot like of work. it's it's a lot of work and I basically spend the whole of Webflow's very generous sponsorship check on paying for the editing and uh-huh. the admin costs uh-huh. of it. So yeah, I need to, I need to figure that out next.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I have some ideas. Maybe we can talk about it another okay. time. Let's, let's chat. Let's yeah, chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But let's talk about you now. Let's talk about your job hunt. Mm-hmm. So we covered in the last episode, like when you knew it was time to leave, what you were looking for in a new role. Um, I'm sure that we'll recap that slightly as we talk about um, your decisions made throughout this process. But if listeners want to hear that in more detail, please go listen to episode 266 and you'll hear all about that. Um, Let's start at the beginning. Where did you start your job hunt? When you decided, okay, I want to leave. Or maybe it was that I'm interested in exploring other opportunities. Yeah. What did you do first?
0: What did I do first? I tried to tap into my network and looked around a little bit. Uh, I guess even before that, though, I thought about where do I want to go? Like what kind of company Mm -hmm. do I want to work at or what kind of role am I looking for? Uh, And kind of made a list in my head of like top five or so companies that I was interested in and then tapped into my network. So like had this list of companies and I was like, okay, who do I know that works at these companies? Or let me go and see if they're hiring on their job page. Uh, And Started to try to reach out to those companies uh, and see if there was any, you know, potential of me trying to get an interview there.
1: This is a fantastic example of why networking should be something that we're always doing, right? Yeah, and totally. We've made episodes before about how networking is really just talking to people, making new friends. Uh, yeah, maybe not friends that you like hang out with every week, but you're like friendly. You yeah, can chat and hit each other up for advice and help each other. This is a time where that sort of thing really comes in handy totally, and you're able to lean on your network for that, especially because you were doing all this through like private channels, right? You weren't tweeting publicly. Hey, anyone work at this company? Oh my gosh, (laughs) Charlie, I (laughs)
0: wish I could have tweeted it publicly. Honestly, that's the (laughs) challenging thing, right? Is like when you know that you're you're ready to move on and interview and apply to other places like you 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 can't just tweet or like publicly announce hey I'm looking for a new job because like your current employer might see that and you know it's just it's just not not very genuine so uh that was hard because on like part of me wanted to be able to be able to do that and I actually considered quitting just so that I could then publicly sort of like announce and share that I'm looking for another opportunity uh, but but I didn't end up doing that and so I took the more like private like one-to-one route of like okay what are the companies I'm interested at who, who do I know who works there and like you know I've had a conversation with them before or we have a mutual friend or some kind of connection uh, and how can I use that to try to see if there's any opportunity for me to work there and that's always like great to do even if you have to follow a
1: proper hiring process which i'm sure you had to do for yeah most of the places you did apply you have to fill out the application whatever just like yep. everyone else always would. always yes <laughs> it's still helpful to have someone on the inside who could advocate for you or who can give you a little bit of inside knowledge yeah you know like i had um someone message me the other day who a, a friend of mine um interested in applying for a role at convertkit and they were like tell me more about who this role reports to you know, um and I gave was able to give her a little bit of inside knowledge, which nice. was great. Yeah. Um what you were saying about how you wished you could have tweeted it publicly made me think of um when our friend Lara Mendonça quit uh, Bumble mm. and she quit and then started her job hunt. Yes. And it was fantastic to see her spell out um what she was looking for in her next role. She was like very clear, like, I want to be working for this size team on this sort of challenge. This is the pay that I expect. Um, And I was like, well, that is a effing cool way to go about doing a job hunt. Yeah, yeah. I think she
0: landed at Tumblr in the end, right?
1: Well, from that tweet in particular, she landed at Twitter and now she's at Tumblr. That's right. Okay. okay. Not that I'm stalking you,
0: Lara, but (laughs) I do like
1: following along your career. You're great.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, it was was super great to be able to tap into that network. And it wasn't for all of the roles. Some of them I had also in like emails from recruiters. So there were a couple where like they had reached out to me uh, and you know even if it was like in the past a few months ago like prior when I wasn't interested in, I kind of re-picked up mm-hmm, the conversation mm-hmm. like hey my priorities have changed or things have changed now I'm mm. actually interested. Uh, so I, I leaned a little bit on that as well and kind of thought like okay who has reached out to me in the last year that like I wasn't interested in then but maybe now it's a good time. Uh, so there was a few of those as well.
1: Oh, that's a really good piece of advice, actually, is like just because you said no once doesn't mean the door is shut. No, forever, definitely Especially with not. a recruiter.
0: Yeah, yeah. And if anything, it's always half open. So like going back and seeing what, you know, inbound, maybe it's a LinkedIn message you've gotten in the past or an email from a recruiter, like just browsing through those and seeing, oh, was there anything in here that I passed on before? But now that things have changed, it might be time to have that conversation.
1: What was the application process like? at these companies, have you spotted any new, like, I don't know, any surprises in the application process about what people are
0: asking for or what those processes look like? Yeah, so each was kind of different because my foot in the door was different. So okay. for example, like one of them, I got in through a referral. So I had a friend like upload my resume and things for me. Okay. Another one, I had a like mutual connection. And so, uh, I only submitted like a resume and a formal application, like after a couple of conversations where they asked me, like, Mm. you know, we we need documentation of all of this. Like we need records of all these conversations. So can you upload your resume here? Another one, you know, like, because the recruiter had reached out to me, uh, I sent my resume back. So yeah, it kind of depended on like how how we got connected as to like what the actual application process was like for me, Uh, but I mean, pretty standard. They all want a resume. They all want to see some work. Uh, I, I did send my website through, but if you look at my website, you'll see I actually don't have any work or like portfolio pieces on there. So I also made sure that I had a portfolio presentation, which for me, it's a presentation in Figma. I never actually sent that through. I only just presented it in an interview setting. Um, but would follow up after that with a link to it. But that was like pretty much the standard kind of application process. I love
1: that you like were able to move on to the next stage of a process before showing people your actual work as well, right? Like that is your reputation um, that you have built.
0: I think it's a privileged position. Yeah. to, Mm -hmm. To be in. I think my work experience kind of helps speak for itself and uh, you know, the fact that I had these connections or referrals, like, so yeah, I, it, it is a privileged position to be in, to be able to get to that first interview without showing any work. I, I definitely don't want to downplay that, that that's pretty cool. Yeah.
1: And like, again, that's a reason where your network has helped uh, that it gave you that in and that, that layer of trust before they had seen your work. Yeah. 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 So did you, was there anything you applied to, and you don't have to name
0: names, but that you didn't hear back afterwards? That I didn't hear back afterwards? Yes. One place I got a referral through a friend, uh, and I didn't hear anything for a little while. I, you know, asked my friend, is there any update? And then I also reached out to, because I also know the design director at this company, so I also reached out to them directly. Um... And, uh, yeah, just, I guess it fell through the cracks cause I never heard back.
1: Damn. So even with a referral, even with you a referral. still get ghosted. <laughs> <It's> not always <laughs> guaranteed.
0: You can always yep. be ghosted. Uh, I think yeah. that that
1: will make a lot of people, um, I don't know, feel better to know that it's not just happening to them in the, oh, yeah. in the job application process. Yeah. yeah. And
0: I try not to take it personally. Like, I mean... I'm sure like maybe they were just really busy or it wasn't the right time or like they didn't have any roles that fitted my experience or maybe maybe they did just think that I wasn't a good candidate and they didn't, they didn't bother to let me know. Uh, it could be a range of reasons. So I try not to dwell too much on it. And uh, the fact that I was getting some promising interviews at some other companies also like kind of enabled me to like let it go and not keep chasing yeah. them for too long. Um, And just kind of accept that, okay, you know, now now just might not be the right time.
1: Okay, let's talk about the interviews then. Same question as I asked about the application process. Any surprises there? Did they follow like a similar structure to when you were last interviewing for a job?
0: Yeah, so I didn't make it through the entire interview rounds at all of the places. Because once I got an offer for my preferred company, I... I took it and so I didn't complete mm-hmm. the interview process because I didn't want to waste the other company's time. However, I will say that like it seems to be pretty standard at least for like the level kind of that I was interviewing for to have like a one-on-one chat with the hiring manager to then have some sort of portfolio presentation review and then to have a few follow-up like one-on-ones with like a PM, maybe another designer on the team, and then like a wrap-up call with the hiring manager. I was very, very, very glad to hear that I would not have to do any sort of take-home assignment. There was no whiteboarding challenge. There was no kind of exercise challenge assignment. It was just the one-on-one conversations in presenting my portfolio. Uh, And that seemed pretty standard across the companies I was interviewing at.
1: Interesting. Do we think that take-home challenges, assignments have gone out of style a little? Or is it because the role you were applying for is was not a um, technical role. You were looking for management work, where it's yeah. more about your management skills than
0: your hands-on skills. I think I don't know for sure. My hypothesis is it could be a few things. I think the more senior you are and looking for more senior-level roles, um, the less likelihood you'll have to do that kind of challenge. I think the other thing that I've heard, you know, heard going on is that the market right now is tough and the interview process has been getting longer and longer and i think companies were missing out on talent due to the fact that they had these additional steps of like a challenge or an assignment and we saw that at Well simple when i was still there like we talked about it we were like clients are taking other offers because our process is too long like they don't have time to do a take-home assignment for a week they're already getting an offer at another company in that time period Um, so we adjusted our interview process to be faster, to be more lean, to not miss out on those opportunities. So I wonder if some of that is happening a little bit as well, where like they are trying to make the interview process faster, uh, so that they don't miss out on really good candidates. Mm. Yeah. And it makes
1: it easier for the candidates too, right. To bring Mm -hmm. their energy to the calls because they haven't had to spend like all of their free time on the take home assignment. Very interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah interesting to know about that trend. I honestly had just assumed that that was still happening. Um, so now the next time I hire, I mean, I should consider that. I should like listen to this trend that's happening and question if, um, I mean, we pay for take-home assignments at ConvertCare in design roles, but yeah, question if that's needed.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it's still happening at some places and for some roles, um, but I, I don't know. I like to think that it might be dying, which I think is a good thing because I think the interview process is, is a little bit overdone and and really long and you know we we expect a lot from the candidates
1: yeah interesting okay anything else that was different about the um interview process like Uh, the structure seems fairly similar apart from the take-home assignment but what about the types of questions they answered
0: they asked yeah yeah so i think something maybe an anecdote to mention is that i was applying for both manager and senior ic roles Okay, And so you know, for anyone who, who has been listening to this podcast for a while, you probably know that like one of my goals has been to move into management. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to take this opportunity to see if I can get a manager role, but I'll also apply for some senior IC roles just like as a backup or kind of to see where it ends up. Uh, I think in this climate, like there's a lot more senior IC available roles than manager. And going into this, I... I was expecting the process for both of those to be different because I've never interviewed for a manager role before. So I was kind of like, is that going to, is there going to be a different part of this process? Like, how is, am I still going to be expected to show my work? You know, like even basic questions like that. What is that process going to look like? Uh, And it turned out it was very similar. It was basically the same interview process up until the very end where there was just one extra like one-on-one call to talk about like manager competencies and like how you would lead and like that kind of stuff. Uh, so yeah, that was fine. Uh, it was better than I expected. Like, um, you know, I, I thought the interview process might be completely different, but it was very similar, mm-hmm. still had to show my work and things like that. So that was kind of great. Uh, and so I guess the questions I got in that manager chat were, were different to like the questions that I got for the senior IC roles, because they were more about leading a team and things like that. Uh, but The behavioral questions are still pretty standard, I think. Like, there's a lot of questions around, like, what would you do if you had a moment of disagreement or a moment of conflict? Mm -hmm. Um, There's also questions around, like, I think I got asked a few times, oh, you know, have you had a moment where you felt really strongly about something, but research or data came back to contradict like the thought that Ooh, you had question. or the direction that you wanted to go. Yeah, what do you do in that situation? So those questions I think are still pretty pretty common and pretty frequent. And I had kind of pre-planned, like knowing that I was gonna get questions like that, I pre-thought about what sort of stories I could share. Like what experience do I have going through these situations and what stories can I show that demonstrate how I would sort of you know, react in that kind of situation. So yeah, I I, it was also interesting to interview for these more senior roles and like there was definitely more questions around like strategy and like collaboration, um, and yeah, these moments of conflict and how you kind of navigate that scenario.
1: Ooh, I love that you prepared those in advance. I feel like that is another good tip people could take away from this because you know that that's gonna come up like conflict, yep. uh, a time when you didn't get your way, mm-hmm. uh, when you had to give difficult feedback to someone, when you had to get receive difficult feedback yourself and yes. how you responded. Definitely have a think about all those things in advance and like, yeah, think about examples you can give. Because even if they don't ask for a specific example, a specific example is going to help.
0: Oh, definitely, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> if you can talk it's about, it's great to time. talk about like, oh, this is how I would ideally react, but let's yeah. talk the reality.
0: <laughs> yeah, and something else I I try to do is like even when sharing these stories of like, you know, struggle or like it was a disagreement or was a tough time, you know. I try to be honest in, in how I dealt with that situation, and then mm-hmm. I try to add on like what I learned from that, or like what I did differently yes. the next time, Smart. or like, you know, you can talk about the hard stuff, and then showing that you learned from that, or how you turned that into positivity, or turned that into a lesson learned. Uh, I think that's really important and I think they're always really impressed to see that because it shows you're self aware. You've got a good attitude. Like you took this hard moment and turned it into, you know, something positive. Uh, and so I always like to add that as like kind of little icing on, on the end of my answer, um, just to demonstrate my, yeah, that, that, that's how I can sort of like react to that and move forward positively.
1: Yeah. I love that. That's a great piece of advice going back to to your process i feel like i'm not 100% sure how long this was for you like what time frame was all this happening in from your first application to you accepting a new you know your new role
0: yeah it was probably probably all in all about like 3 months maybe 2 months of actively interviewing some companies are very slow i i was interviewing at one company where i would have an interview then I would wait a week to hear back. And then they would say, yep, we wanna move forward. Let's schedule something for next week. So it was like two weeks between every conversation. uh, And that was just moving incredibly slow compared to some of the other places I was interviewing at which were much faster. Um, So yeah, it it was a little bit drawn out. Um, I think also in this climate, like I will admit that there were not as many opportunities as I was hoping for. A lot of places have hiring freezes um, Mm -hmm. or they're not hiring for whatever reason. And I don't know if that contributed to the feeling of it taking a really long time. Like I felt like I had to do a little bit more upfront like research of where I want to apply because I had to first figure out if they were hiring in the first place. Whereas like usually you're like, oh, I want to apply at this company. They're likely hiring or interested in talent. That's just unfortunately not the case right now. And so I think that took a bit of extra time to like find the places I'm interested in working at and are actively hiring.
1: Did you ever have a situation where you applied for a role and then they stopped hiring like after you'd applied or like mid interview
0: process? Um. No, I didn't have that. Um, I did have one where I kind of got to the end of the interview process and we want like they wanted to make me an offer. We wanted it to work out, but it just didn't work out because of a time zone and location issue. It was kind of frustrating because it's not that they weren't hiring for that role anymore or that like I wasn't the right fit. It just we it just wasn't going to work out because of location and time zones. Interesting
1: that they didn't realize that um, at the start because it's not like your time zone and location changed. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah i think i think we both were optimistic that like that was a minor detail and we could probably figure it out later on and like um i have to give them credit they put an effort into creating like a collaboration proposal document of like how it could work so so we we both like really tried but it just yeah in the end didn't work out
1: yep and yeah yeah sometimes with that sort of thing it it feels like a minor detail at the start but as you get near the end of the process yeah. I know, like, from the hiring team side, you're, like, doing due diligence and saying, like, okay, here's all the great reasons we should hire this person. Yeah. Why shouldn't we? What yeah. could prevent this from being a successful um, partnership? And obviously that came back up. Yes, yes, yes. something. Yep. Yeah. I think this is all going to be super valuable for people to hear, like, what it's really like in viewing the moment. Is there anything else that, um, that you can share about the process that could help? other people to prepare for for going through the rounds um at the moment like the questions examples were great the like the process that they can expect anything else
0: yeah i think something that i have been noticing is that often i think we, we as designers i think get really caught up in like the the output of our work or the outcome of the work. So when we're talking about our work in like a portfolio presentation or sharing case studies, it's like, here, here's what I did, like here's the screens, here's the impact. And I think that's all great. I think we definitely need to talk about that. I think something that really helped me and I get the sense it's what companies are looking more and more for is not necessarily what you did, but also how you did it. So what is the story behind that? So I was talking earlier about the behavioral questions in my portfolio presentation, I try to preemptively answer those questions by proactively telling them about challenges I had in the project. So rather than just like walking through, here's the design process, like here's the final design, here's the outcome. I actually share a story as I'm talking about the work of like, okay, you know what? And at this point in the project, my PM and I had a disagreement and here's what happened and here's what we did about it and here's how we worked through it and here's you know how we moved forward. And so like, telling those stories uh and like proactively yeah addressing what you know they're gonna have those behavioral questions for you and so how can you tell the story behind the work of how you got to those certain points or how you move forward to the next stage uh I think I I have a a sense that that really helped me when I was talking and sharing about my work because I got feedback that they really liked to hear those stories Cool. and so yeah I would just encourage people to not be afraid of sharing those hard moments or those challenges in your projects because I don't think it's a bad reflection on you I think it's a great opportunity if anything for you to talk about how you navigated that situation or how you moved forward or what you did about it Um, and I think that is a lot of skill like there's a lot of skills in those stories that companies are looking for more and more these days and also it
1: it's like a real view of the process. I've, I've maybe I'm just jaded from looking at so many portfolios, but I feel like everyone's design process is the same. Like I get it, double diamond <laughs> yeah. personas, etc., etc. Yeah. And your eyes start to glaze over after a while. But to uh, like hear something like that is like snaps you out of and you're like, oh, okay, no, we're really hearing about what really went down. Yeah. Um, I tell you what, next time I can open a design role, if i had someone who i was interviewing who were, who was like the first version we shipped completely failed yep. here's <laughs> what we learned from it i'd be like i'm listening i'm intrigued yeah let me <laughs> tell yeah me tell it. me the story
0: i want to hear it I- exactly i think we get really caught up in like this pressure to present like a perfect piece of work or a yeah, really like, everything great It goes case study. right all along the way i do everything on time and perfectly yeah. all yeah, the time yeah yeah and like <laughs> Anyone can do that, you know? And so what mm-hmm. what was unique about this project or what is something mm. interesting that happened? Uh, those are the stories I think that they actually want to hear more and more rather than just like, what is your design process? So yeah, that, that's, like it. that's what I kind of sensed throughout my interview process. And it's something that I leaned into and I guess kind of worked out. I guess just
1: kind of worked <laughs> out. Okay, well, <laughs> let's move into talking about how it all worked out. Where are you going to be going next? What is your role? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tell us about it.
0: Yeah, so I am joining a company called Gusto, which is a US-based company that works in the sort of HR payroll space. Uh, and I'm going to be joining as a design manager. Woo-woo-woo! Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, yes, yes. So excited for you, fam, to, to have landed this manager role. Uh, what are you looking forward to in this role? Why did you pay oh. Gusto over other opportunities?
0: Yeah, so I was looking for a mid-sized company that has an established mm-hmm. design team and an established design practice. So it was important to me that, you know, the team had a research discipline, content discipline, design ops, you know, had had the right design directors in place, um, was, you know, mid-sized. So like 50 plus was important to me. I, I feel like when I was at Uber, I experienced the like large, huge global design scale. And then while well simple was like, small tiny uh you know kind of bootstrapped uh and so I I wanted to find something a bit more in the middle this time and try something in between um Gusto has a chief design officer she sits at like the c-suite so to me that was really important like shows that design is is really valued uh and um yeah the team was was great the company seems really great I had a really good and positive interview process and yeah I'm just really really excited
1: And clearly it like, you know, it felt along the way that it was the right role for you because this is the one that you said once you landed it, you stopped, you pulled out of um, other processes because you knew this was the one you wanted.
0: Yeah, I did. I did. So yeah, I'm super looking forward to it. I'm going to probably for the first year or so do like continue doing both IC work and manager work. So like more of a player coach role. Um, So yeah, I'm excited to like try both of those and like dip my toes into management in like a really supportive environment that was something else important to me like moving into a new kind of role was that I wanted to move into an environment where I would feel supported there's like training for managers like, like there's you know they have a philosophy um so that was super important to me as well to feel like I was joining an environment where I would be supported in this new role I love it. I'm super excited for you. And also,
1: like I think I've said before in a previous episode, selfishly very excited for us to have <laughs> this whole new like stream of content we can talk about.
0: Yeah, I'm excited for
1: us to make, um, like, we're both going to be managers now. So that's exciting. And for us to make some episodes talking about management challenges and things we're learning along the way. Um, I would love to do an episode about how you prep for your first day as a manager and oh like, my gosh. how you're going to show up and meet your... Your team, who I believe it's a team of like, there's only one direct report right now. Is yeah. That, yeah. Is that correct? One direct yeah. report right now. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. What are you going to do to show up as their manager? I think this would be cool to talk about
0: um, how that all goes. Can't wait. Can't wait. Yes. Yes. And thanks for all the good questions, too. Um, maybe we can do a future episode on like how I like you know tailored my portfolio for a manager position because it is quite different from like a senior IC. I've had a few people ask me that as well like folks who since I announced that you know I'm jumping into management a few folks have reached out to me saying oh I'm trying to do the same thing like how did you do your portfolio like what did that look like for that kind of role so yeah stay tuned I'm sure we'll talk about that in a future episode I love it making the leap into management sounds like (laughs) a great topic for the next episode awesome (laughs) All right, fam, where can people go
1: to hear more episodes of the show?
0: Yes, you can go to designlife.fm. You can see all of our episodes there. We're also in your favorite podcast app. Uh, just search for Design Life.
1: And our classic purple um, with lettering That's image it. that we have not changed for
0: however many years we've been doing this podcast. Years. yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, and you can also find us on Twitter at designlife.fm. If you have a topic you'd like us to talk about, we'd love to hear it.
1: Yeah, I want to make sure too that while we're both going to be in manager roles now, we're still continuing to talk about all the things that um, our listeners are interested in and want to hear about. So please continue to make your topic requests, ask us your questions, share your career woes with us, and we can be your design agony aunts.
0: Yes, we can. All right, Charlie, we'll talk again next week. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.